You people are fired up today. You're fired up. Let's thank that great worship team. Can we do that? Everybody feeling good today? Well, I'm glad you're here, and uh, we need to continue to pray for those who are hurting. And uh, want to thank you, and uh, want to thank uh, Abraham for preaching for us last weekend. I hope you enjoyed him, and uh, hope to invite him back because he's from Oklahoma, and people from Oklahoma, you know, we need them here. But uh, so far, 2021 uh, continues to be just as crazy as 2020. So many people believed erroneously that if somehow we could just turn a page of a calendar, that somehow everything would be better. Hold that thought. I have shared with several people that as bad as everything was in 2020, that the biggest storms could yet still be on the horizon. I heard a funny story about three people that were arguing about what profession was first seen in the Bible. A surgeon spoke first, and he suggested the medical profession was used first in the Bible when God took a rib out of Adam's side and made Eve. An engineer spoke up and said, no, engineering was here first. He said, just think of the engineering that it took to create the world out of chaos in the very, very beginning, to which a politician spoke up and said, where do you think the chaos came from? (laughs) Most of us would agree, as we look at our world today, all we see is chaos. I was on a Zoom call this week with our staff. And I shared this Bible verse, I want to show it to you on the screen, Isaiah 45, verse 5, that reads, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I want you to say that verse with me. Let's let's repeat that verse. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I want to encourage each of you, as I wrote in a post this week, that if you keep looking for hope in Washington, you will be forever disappointed. I choose to keep serving the people around me and pointing people to Jesus. The Bible tells us that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And if we don't do that, we will keep being poisoned by the evil and destruction in our world. Today, I'm glad you're here because I have come to share and to address the new theme for this coming year. In light of everything that has gone on in our country, the chaos and the division, people living in isolation and fear, people experiencing depression, suicide rates going through the roof, evil that is prevailing, more people than I've ever seen, their lives filled to the brim with anxiety, a country that continues to lose its moral compass. For many months, I've been on this journey of praying and seeking God's will for our church for the coming 12 months. At first, I spent a long time looking at this phrase, abundant life. John chapter 10, 10, you know it. Jesus speaks of the devil that came to kill, steal, and to destroy. 
And we kind of see that happening before our very eyes. But then Jesus said, but I have come to give you life and to, and to have it more abundantly or more full. And of course, we believe that true life, when centered around Christ, that life is full and blessed and fulfilling, amen? But then my mind and my study, I began to shift away from the abundant life. I, there was just something about it that just didn't seem quite, to, quite fitting for this coming year. And all of a sudden, the Lord put this word in my heart, the word joy, because joy is what's missing in our lives. It's missing in our marriages, in our culture, and in our nation. People don't have joy. What I see are people living in fear, people living in despair, people living, being emotionally depleted. And in our world, in our news, and in our culture, I ask you, where is the joy? Where's the peace? Where is contentment? All you need to do is spend 60 seconds. You don't need, don't need any more than that. Just spend 60 seconds on social media and you will see the division and the hatred and the vitriol and the despair. And everything that you read is a reflection of what's going on inside people's hearts. And so what I did is I picked up the Bible, I began to read, and you would be shocked by how many verses, but I began to read through the Bible all the verses that, that have the word joy in that verse. And of course, I hope that you understand that joy comes from within. Joy is not based on circumstances. Joy comes from within. A Christian, a Christian can have inner joy, which the world knows nothing about, and of course, we know that joy comes from having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? You ought to all be clapping on that one. So, so I read all these verses in the Bible, and then I landed on this one verse that's so powerful, 1 Peter 1, verse 8. It will be our theme verse for the year. And it reads, though you have not seen him, you love him. And I want to ask, how many people in this room... You have never seen Jesus, but you love him. Raise your hand. You've never seen him, but you love him, all right? That's true. And even though you do not see him now, I mean this very moment in the midst of all this chaos, you still believe in him. And even though you've not seen Jesus, yet you love him and you believe in him, the Bible says you will then be filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, a joy that is so great and so divine, so difficult to even explain, you don't even have enough words in your vocabulary to adequately explain the joy that resonates deep within you. And I ask you, as you live your life during this season of life, when was the last time you looked at someone and said, man, that person is just full of joy? You don't see that today. And so based on this verse, 1 Peter 1.8, our theme for the next 12 months, I want you to write this down, is abundant joy in Christ. Abundant joy in Christ. And I want the next 12 months in this church, I want to take you on a journey through the scriptures that will lift your spirits that will encourage you, 
And I want you to know that when you come to church each and every week to worship and to study the Word of God, that your life and your heart, your soul, your family, we're going to teach you how to have abundant joy in Christ Jesus. There, that's where we're going. Now, we've planned 10 sermon series for this next year. We just finished up the book of Nehemiah, and we had a, a, a sermon series for Christmas, like that's two series last, in, in the last year. We've got 10 series planned for the next 12 months. I, I'm going to show you some of them. You don't need to write these down because next week, when you come to church, we're going to give you the whole year in, inside the bulletin, okay? Does that make sense? And we might even email them to you as well because we want you to have them. Uh, so don't take the time to write these all down. But let me give you a snapshot of where we're headed. The very first sermon series, which we'll start next weekend, Lord willing, is a series called Invincible Joy. Invincible Joy. We're going to start with that text in 1 Peter 1.8. We're going to do a five-week series, Invincible Joy. We're going to look at joy in the midst of a trial. The Bible talks about how you can have joy in the midst of a trial. Then we're going to have a sermon called uh, Joy Comes in the Morning. And then we're going to have a message called Joy in Prayer. And then we're going to have a sermon around Valentine's Day called Joy in Love and in Marriage. Going to be nothing but joy, 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 joy. Even in the midst of all the difficulties that you're experiencing, we're going to talk about joy. Then we're going to have a series called The Goat. G-O-A-T. Greatest of all time. And we're going to look at the greatest chapter in the entire Bible of all time. A chapter that has been read more than any other chapter, been quoted more than any other chapter, and probably studied more than any other chapter, Psalm chapter 23. And there are six verses in that chapter. We're going to take a verse a week, and I promise you at the end of that series that this series, the Lord's a prayer, the Lord's shepherd, I say, the shepherd, verse on the shepherd, chapter on Psalm 23, I promise you that it will be the most, at the end of that series, it will be one of the most encouraging series that this church has ever experienced or been taught on at the end of that series. You will be blessed, that sermon on Psalm chapter 23, amen? And then we're going to have a series called, it's 316. We're going to go from the greatest chapter in the Bible to the greatest verse in the Bible. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have what? Everlasting life. I've noticed as I've read through the Bible, I don't know why, it's very strange because it seems like every time I'm reading a chapter, a book in the Bible, when I get to the third chapter in the 16th verse, it's like one of the best uh, verses in the entire book that I'm reading. And so we're going to have a, a sermon on John 3.16, then Genesis 3.16, then Joel 3.16, then 1 John 3.16, then 2 Timothy 3.16, then Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, and we'll wrap that series up in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, and that whole ser series I'll be saying, hey, what time is it? And you're going to say, 316. And what we'll do is we'll set it up. We're on your phone, like you get a text every day at 316, and uh, we'll give you something to pray about at that moment each and every day. So, how many of you would be excited about that series it's called 316? <laughs> then in June, we're going to have a series called Freedom Freedom from Anger, which 
It appears to me that everyone I meet is just full of anger. We're gonna talk about how to have freedom from anger, freedom from debt, freedom from sin, freedom from prejudice, and Fourth of July weekend, we'll wrap that up with a series called Freedom, and the, the importance about our freedom in this country is that we are free to share Jesus and to serve Jesus. And imagine if you could be set free from all those things, and I believe you can. So that's the first six months. Now the last six months, I'm not gonna go into the detail, we'll give them all to you next week. We're gonna do a series called Saints and Scoundrels, and we're gonna look at the people in the Bible that had these very sordid past, they were scoundrels, and yet God used them in a mighty, mighty way. Do we have any scoundrels in the house here today? Well, we're gonna be talking about scoundrels in that series. Saints and scoundrels. And then we're gonna have a, we're gonna go through the Beatitudes, which we preached through that about seven years ago. But when I was looking up all this uh, material, I, I read through all of that material on the Beatitudes. It, it is more needed now than ever before. So we're gonna spend some time looking at the Beatitudes. And then we're gonna have a seven-week series called One Thing. There are seven times in the Bible where God says this one thing. And the purpose of this series is there's so much clutter, so much chaos in the world that, that God wants us to like, like focus in on what's most important in life. And so we're gonna look at seven of those that are found in the Bible, and then we'll wrap the year up with a series called The Joy of Christmas. And I believe at the end of this year, if you're here each and every weekend, you and your family will experience abundant joy no matter what's happening in the crazy world around us. Amen? Amen. Let's thank the Lord. Now, grab your sermon notes, if you will. I want to I wanna start with this fill-in-the-blank question. Life is, and you can write whatever you would write in that blank. Some people would write, life is difficult. Life is a bowl of cherries, cherries or Cheerios, whatever it is for you. Life is a rat race. Life is a paycheck. Life, as Forrest Gump would say, mama said it's like a box of chocolates, you don't know what you're going to get. Sadly for many people, life is a daily boring routine of merely existing, just trying to get by, trying to survive. Some people's lives, it's just wrapped up, they believe life is just wrapped up in acquiring possessions. Obviously, for some people, life is strictly politics. Some, it's found in the pursuits of life, or in the positions, or in pleasures of life, or in the performances of life. And I would say to you and challenge you, and I want you to write this down, that life, true life, is found in Christ alone. It's found in Christ alone. I have three Bible references there for you underneath that phrase in your notes. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said these words. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. 
Then Jesus said these words in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. And then we looked at that verse again uh, already, John 10, 10, where Jesus said, uh, the devil has come to kill still and to destroy, but he said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And I've highlighted the word I. You might circle that in your Bible if you have your, just circle the word I. Who is I? That, that is not a salesperson. That's not a political party. That's not someone who's at the top of some pyramid scheme. It's not a professor in a university. It's, the I is not a social media influencer. Who is I? I is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, God in flesh, our Redeemer. Jesus is the one who's speaking. And Jesus is telling the world that I am the vehicle by which you can have life and have it more abundantly. The Savior of the world. For our remaining time, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. This is a prayer that Paul prays. It's actually a prayer. And it's a prayer of a, of, of a blessing. And I honestly do not know of anything that we need more this moment than prayer. And I want to start off this year as Paul prayed this prayer right here for the church, his church, in the city of Ephesus. I want to pray this prayer right now for each and every one of you. I know he prayed it for his church. I want to pray it for this church. Is that okay? And um, you might be in Aqua Dulce. You might be in Woodland Hills. You might be on Porter Ranch. You might be watching online. You might be sitting indoors. You might be sitting outside. But if you belong to Shepherd Church, I want to pray this prayer of blessing over you, and I'm going to do it right now. I want to encourage you as I pray, before I pray, as a church, I want to challenge each and every one of you to memorize this text. Now, I've been preaching here for 35-something years. I've never, in those 35 years, asked you to memorize a large portion of Scripture. I've never asked you. But for this year, during this season... I want to see if you will memorize, at least accept that challenge to try. How many of you are willing to at least try, okay? You, some of you don't even want to try? <laughs> I want to ask you again, how many of you at least, you'll at least try to memorize it? Now, now you say, well, well how, how am I going to do that? Well, first of all, you've got to get a Bible. <laughs> you've got to get a Bible, right, right, unless you've already memorized it. Raise your hand if, if you've got a Bible. You've you got to get a Bible. Then you write it out, and you can put it on your refrigerator, put it on your mirror in your bathroom, put it on the nightstand, put it next to your computer, and just spend a little time every day just trying to memorize this prayer. All right? I'm, I'm trying to help give you abundant joy. Okay? We're going to start with memorizing this passage. Now, some people... They, they, they can read it one time and they can just quote it. How many of you hate people like that? 
I, I have to read it like 100 times, I, I, sometimes 200 times to memorize it. I, that's just the way God made me. But some people, they just read it one time, they, they're, they're, they're going to memorize it right now during church. But the rest of us, it's going to take a little elbow grease, okay? But I want to challenge you to, to memorize this text. And uh, then you're going to be able to pray this prayer, and uh, I'm going to show you how to do that. So at this time, I'm going to pray this prayer blessing over each of you. Is that okay? So turn to Ephesians chapter 3, starting with verse 14, and you can see I've highlighted uh, that text, all right? So, so I don't have this memorized currently, but I'm, I'm going to memorize it as, along with you. Is that, is that cool? Okay, so we're all going to do this together. Now, I'm going to do right now what's called praying the Scriptures. You kind of read the text, but you make it a prayer. But this is actually a prayer. But again, I'm gonna kind of take his prayer and pray it over you. Is that cool? All right, here we go. And this, is, this, this is my prayer for each of, of you as we head into 2021. Verse 14. Everybody say verse 14. Lord, I'm here on my knees before you. You are my heavenly Father. And every believer in heaven on this earth, we bear your name. And I pray, verse 15, Lord, as the pastor of this church, that out of your glorious riches, and Lord, I know you have a lot of them, that, that you, O oh God, would strengthen every person who's here today and every person who's listening and give each of them power that comes through your spirit in our inner being. And Lord, verse 17, I pray for every person in this room that you, O oh Lord, would dwell within the heart of every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. And Lord, don't go in our heart and just take up that little, like, like up, up in that one little corner. Take residence in the entire heart and dwell there. Live there. And I pray, God, for every person here that they would be rooted and established in love. And that we, in verse 18, would somehow have this enough power together. And Lord, I just don't pray this for Shepherd Church, along with all the other believers all around the world, that somehow we could just grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. Help us to understand the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that every person here would be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Now, Lord, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all shepherd could ever ask or imagine, according to that power that is at work within us, to you be the glory in this church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever and ever and ever, amen and amen. That's my prayer blessing over you. Now, 
I want you to write down the five pillars, write them as quickly as you can, the five pillars of that prayer. There were five things that I prayed for for you, that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. You're praying for power through God's Spirit. You're praying that Christ would dwell in your heart. You're praying that you would be rooted and established in love. Write that down. Write down the fact that we're praying that somehow we could understand the love of Christ. I think some of us think that God only loves a certain portion of this country. And the rest of you can go to you know where. Christ loves all of us. We need, to, we need to get back to understanding that. And we need to pray, the fifth pillar is that we, we need to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And I want you to look at those five things. Power, Christ dwelling in your heart, you being rooted, established in love, all of us understanding the love of God and being full to the measure of the fullness of God. Look at that list. How many of you can see, looking at this list, that if you had all five of these things going on right now in your life, that your life would be a zillion times better off? Absolutely. And I want you to know that you can pray this prayer for yourself. You just, that's why I want you to memorize it. So you can get down on your knee and you can say, uh, for this reason, God, I'm kneeling right here before you. And in uh, verse 16, I pray out of your glorious riches, God, that you would strengthen me. Instead of you, you just say, Lord, strengthen me with power. And verse 17, Christ, would you please dwell in, in my heart? Let me have enough faith to know that you're there. And I pray, God, that I would be rooted in this state. You just pray that prayer for yourself. I also want you to know that you can pray this prayer for someone else. Get down on your knees and pray that prayer for your spouse every day and see what happens in your marriage. Pray this prayer every day for your children. Anybody here have children that have gone astray or that you're worried about? Get down on your knees and pray this prayer every day for your children. Pray it for your neighbor. Pray it for your boss. Are you listening? I want to ask you, are you listening? I want you to pray this prayer for the person that has the polar opposite political view than you. We are a divided country. We live in liberal California. You feel it more than anywhere else because a lot of us are liberal and a lot of us are conservative even in the church. And it doesn't matter where you are or who you're talking to, if you say something, you give any view that you hold, you will be instantly attacked by other people. Well, how in the world could you vote for someone who you think's a racist? How can you vote for a racist? Well, how can you vote for someone who supports abortion? And back and forth we go. And instead of beating up the person that holds the opposite political view than you, why don't you get down on your knees and start praying for these five things to happen in the heart of that person 
who thinks differently than you. Could you tell I got real serious there for a few minutes there? All of these blessings are found in Christ. So stop pursuing the things of this world and start pursuing the things of God. All of these blessings, if we had time to really go through this text, which, you know, I want you to memorize it. As you memorize it, you're gonna, let, me, let me tell you, you're going to get this text down in the depths of your soul as you memorize this. But all of these blessings come from two things. Write them down. They're in the text. All of these things come from God's glorious riches, and they come from his power that is within us. Each of us have one major issue to overcome. As I've looked at everything, I've reached this conclusion. Your view of God is too small. We don't understand how great God is, how rich God is, how powerful God is, how mighty God is, how graceful and merciful is the Lord God. We don't understand how holy God is. You understanding the fullness of God is like an ant trying to understand the fullness of you. That ant doesn't have the ability or the capability to understand a human being. And in that same way, we're down here on earth, we must look like ants to God. We're down here telling like we know everything and we, we know nothing compared to all the things that God knows. If you truly knew how great and how mighty and how loving and how powerful God was, you would never, ever worry about another thing on planet Earth the rest of your life, if you truly knew. All of these blessings are yours. You can have them. They come from God's riches and from his spirit. Everybody say West Texas. There was a famous oil field called Yates Pool. Yates Pool. During the Depression, which was about 100 years ago, this man named Mr. Yates, he owned a sheep ranch. And he fell on hard times. Everyone fell on hard times during the Great Depression. He couldn't even pay the mortgage on this land. He was in danger of losing his ranch. And like many others in that day, uh, they had very little money for food or even for clothing for their family. And day after day, Mr. Yates wondered how he was going to pay his bills. And one day, just out of the blue, he looked up and here came some people. It was a seismograph crew from an oil company. And they asked permission to drill a wildcat drill on his land. Just they thought there might be oil in his land. And so he agreed to let him drill. And they dug down and it 1,115 feet beneath the surface of that land, they struck a huge oil reserve that eventually produced 125,000 barrels of oil every single day. And Mr. Yates owned it all. And what he didn't even know was that when he signed and purchased that ranch and the original loan documents, which he never really read that closely, just like you don't read them that closely, 
that he had received all the oil and the mineral rights that came along with that land, and yet all this time he was living on government assistance because he hadn't yet tapped in to the oil reserve that was his. He owned it, and he didn't even know it. And I suggest to you in a very similar way, I think, you know, we kind of have some idea of the blessings of God that are ours, that are available to us. But ladies and gentlemen, hear me, we've never actually tapped in to those riches through Jesus Christ. We have this power that is placed within us. It's God's Holy Spirit. And trust me when I tell you that that power of that Holy Spirit that is within you enables you to overcome any obstacle in this world that you might face. I want you to look at verse 20. Look at verse 20 one more time. Oh, I can't wait for you to memorize this. It says, now to him, God, who is able. Everybody say, God is able. God is able, now watch this, to do immeasurably, which means you can't measure it, immeasurably more than you can even ask or even imagine. And so, you know what that tells me? We need a bigger imagination. So often we don't, I got, I got problems and this is chaos. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I got, I got, oh, what am I gonna do? I know God, I know there's a God up there, but he can't, he's not doing anything. I'm just down here by myself. And, oh, you need to get down on your knees and start asking God and believing God and know that whatever you ask and whatever you pray, that God is a God, the God that you're praying to, the God that we serve, is able to do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or even imagine. So get down on your knees and start imagining what God can do. George Mueller was a missionary over in England and there's all these crazy stories about him in prayer. He ran these orphanages. And so they would like have no food and, and, and nothing to drink. And so he'd get down, he wouldn't ask anybody, he'd just get down on his knees and he'd pray, Lord, we, we don't have any food for the kids, we need, we, need, we need milk. And there would be a knock on the door and he'd go open the door, it'd be a milk truck. And the milk truck guy said, hey, my truck just broke down right here. And he goes, by the time I get this fixed, the milk's gonna be spoiled. He goes, can I, will you take it? And there's just story after story how this man of God prayed and believed and trusted and how God answered all these prayers. And one day, George Mueller was on a steamship from England coming to America. He was scheduled to preach in New York City and he knew that God wanted him to preach and fulfill this assignment. And about halfway across the ocean, the, the fog set in and the, the captain of the steamship, he, he shut it down and, and, and the, the ship just sat there for about three days fogged in. And George Mueller began to, to know that if we don't get started, we're, I'm gonna miss my preaching assignment. He just believed that it was the will of God for him to be in New York City to preach this, this sermon. And so he climbed the stairs and went up on the deck 
at the bridge of the ship and he said to the captain, he said, Captain, he said, we've got to get this ship on the, we got to get going. He said, I got to get to New York City and, and we got to go. And the captain said, Mr. Mueller, we can't go. We're, we're fogged in. He said, if we take off now, we can't see. Uh, we could collide with another ship. It, it, it is a very dangerous situation. We're not going anywhere till this fog is lifted. George Mueller said to the captain of the ship, he said, sir, would you be willing to go with me down beneath the deck and get down on our knees and begin to pray and ask God to remove this fog? Captain said, I'll, go, I'll, I'll do that with you. So the captain and George Mueller, they went below ship and below deck and they got down on their knees and George Mueller began to pray. He said, Lord, we're on this ship out here in the middle of the ocean. We're fogged in. I got to get to New York City to preach the gospel. And Lord, I need you to, to remove the fog. This captain won't move the ship till the fog's gone. Can, can you, can you get the, move the fog out so we can get to New York City so I can preach? I pray this in Jesus' name. And the captain started to pray. And George Mueller said, hey, you don't need to pray. Captain looked up, what do you mean? He said, you don't need to pray. Well, why not? He said, for two reasons. Reason number one, you don't truly believe God can remove the fog. And reason number two, I believe God's already removed the fog. And the story is they walked up on top of that ship and the fog started to clear immediately, and the ship made its way to New York City. I say that to each of you to tell you this. We gotta start getting down on our knees, and we've gotta start praying this prayer that I just shared with you for our family, for our nation, for our city, for one another. And as we pray, we need to believe that God is going to answer those prayers immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Before we get out of here, I just want to tell you a couple quick things, and it's um, very important. We've not been doing an invitation hymn because of COVID. We just, we want, the, we just want you to come, get in and get out. This building sits empty for six days. There's not a soul in here for six days. We clean everything. But over here to my left, there's some doors by the baptistry. If you're ever here and you have a prayer request or you need to be baptized or you want to talk to someone after church, you have a decision to make, just go over to those doors. Our counselors are over there. Everybody wears a mask and you, you sit six feet apart, socially distanced, but if you're here today and there's a decision on your heart, anytime, just go over to these doors after church. Is that good? And then uh, next week, everybody say next week. Next week, when you come back to church, we're going to give each of you a Bible reading guide. And I'm going to encourage you not only to memorize this prayer, but I want you to read through the whole Bible. You're going you're gonna to have to get off of Facebook. You're going to have to get off of social media and Twitter and Instagram. It's okay, but I mean, you, you, you gotta take time to read God's word. Your life will be a thousand times better off 
than watching social media. I'm just, trust me on that. So next week when you come, it's just a sheet of paper, but it has a little box for every chapter in the whole Bible. And, and you can read anywhere you want after you read the chapter, just color in that little box. And just read two or three chapters every day, and at the end of that year, you will have read through the whole Bible. So we're gonna give that next weekend. We're gonna give you a list of the whole year of all the sermon series. We're gonna give you the, prayer, the, the Bible reading guide. That's next weekend. In two weeks, we're gonna hand out those T-shirts that we were gonna give you last year. We, we had these T-shirts printed up called A Decade of Destiny. And last year, we were looking at a 10-year window, and we had these shirts we were gonna give them to you, COVID hit, and we didn't meet for about four months. And so in two weeks, we're gonna hand those T-shirts out. They're still good for the next nine years, amen? <laughs> and we want you to wear them every day. Um, and then, in a few weeks, we're gonna get this logo that you've seen behind me, this artwork, Abundant Joy in Christ. We're gonna put that on a coffee mug and we're gonna give each of you one of those coffee mugs, okay? We, wanna, we want everyone to be blessed and to feel joy this year. Let's bow our heads and we'll get out of here. God, thank you so much for today, for a new year. God, I pray it's a new season. I pray that the joy that is within us, as it shines forth, that the world will look at us and ask, where does your joy come from? And we'll be able to explain to them the blessings that are ours because of Christ, that his glorious riches just overflow into our life because Christ lives within us. Lord, if there's anyone here today who needs Christ, they need to become a Christian, they need to be baptized, Help them to go to these doors over here to my left, stage right. And Lord, during these next few days and weeks and months and this coming year, I pray your blessing upon every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. Bring us back safely next week, we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, God bless you. I love you, and thank you for coming to church today.